Chapter two part two of the Pathway of the Pioneer. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Pathway of the Pioneer by Dolph Willard. Chapter two part two. She did not immediately throw up the clerkship, but it came inevitably with time. At first she worked at the office in Norfolk Street after her day's work as a female clerk was done, or on half holidays, or when she could get off earlier, and her editor helped her and made things easier with his powerful authority. She grew to look upon him as the incarnation of power, as someone on whom to rely as certainly as if he could not fail her, even more certainly than she relied on herself. The second commandment is not the least brittle in a woman's hands by reason of her physical infirmities, for she is prone to make a graven image in whom to trust under sufficient masculine provocation. Magda did not know what this new intercourse was growing to be in her life, or the domination over her of one man's force of character. She told Deb that she was afraid of her editor, and that sometimes she wanted to rebel against his emphatic authority. Perhaps she did. Certainly she trembled occasionally at the sound of his voice or step, or the knock on the door which she knew, and hid it under a greater audacity of manner which she marvelled that he pardoned. There were few of those working under Magda's editor who presumed to jest with him. She had been combining her old employment and the new for a month, when one day he summoned her into his own office, and showed her the page-proofs of the paper to which she contributed. "'Have you ever learned to make up?' he said quietly. "'No,' said Magda, distressfully conscious that the blank sheet intersected by a single line and the long printer's poles on the desk meant nothing to her mind it is a useful thing to know you ought not to be ignorant of it he said sit down and i will give you a lesson if he was a good teacher magda was an excellent pupil she fought her way rapidly through the mysteries of outers and inners how to measure up the space allowed to the ads and most trying of all on an illustrated the amount of letterpress for the printers to overrun round the blocks. The editor did not really help her there, for she made up all through her journalistic life by a process of her own, which she never could explain to a subordinate, calculating headlines and illustrations by dint of a ruler and a form of addition and subtraction, but which always came out correctly in the space of a few lessons she was competent to pass the paper for press though her editor looked it through afterwards and his few words of satisfaction and praise brought the vitality to her face like a stimulant and made her a pretty girl with blue eyes pink cheeks and happy lips though she might have been dull and tired throughout the day it was just the changes in april's lady that gave her what she had of charm and its very evanescence was its great danger. A man never knew that, just when he was feeling disappointed in her looks, she would not flash out upon him with a sudden colour and life, and even as he turned away, saying, Why, she is a plain girl, behold, she gave him the lie, by being a pretty one. You will be of great use to me, said the editor at last. I shall be able to leave some of the work to you and look up the advertisement department i want to do that the paper has been shamefully neglected by the man before me 
Do you think it would pay you to leave your present berth and come here every day, if we gave you a settled salary? The gates of paradise opened a little wider, and Magda set her foot inside. When she went home that day to Deb, the flush of its radiance was still in her face, and her heart was warm within her. She thought that her angel would always stand at the gate. It did not occur to her that he had only opened it for his part. Yet she never actually saw much of him, and these lives running side by side in office hours did not intersect beyond. Sometimes they had tea together, when he had something to say to her about the work. But it was always about the work, and they only drifted to other abstract subjects when some detail started a side issue. Magda's editor was a gentleman by birth and breeding, the sort of man whom Frank had said that Nuzotra had no chance to know, and he treated Magda as one of his own world. She had not found any such before up the grimy Fleet Street staircases. There had been men there, sometimes too automatic to do more than thrust her appeals aside in the absorption of business, sometimes enough of a male animal to see that she was a woman, and then she had turned and fled. But this man never once held the cool, pretty hand she offered him, beyond the time of regulation greeting, never deepened the kindly encouragement of his tone into a personal thrill, never looked at her with eyes that asked more than comprehension. Yet he must have been human enough to appreciate the quick sympathy that never failed him in the smaller office, for when he was tired or worried or annoyed, he always went to her, and she, being a woman, gloried in giving and never asked for a return. Only once in all their intercourse he laid his hand on her shoulder. He had come to her with a minor irritation, the stupidity of a member of the staff, which it was beneath his dignity to notice, and which nevertheless galled him in his work, like the infinitesimal sting of the tsetse fly does the African horses. Magda had not said much, but he had felt the electric response and understanding in her. There is an affinity between us, I think, he said with a sigh of partial relief. I know no one else whose mind responds to mine so quickly as yours. It takes up half the burden somehow. Magda did not answer. She sat still at her desk, her eyes very suddenly blue as they stared at the trivial things before her, the ink and the office stamp, the ruler, the scissors, the paste-pot, all the details of her trade, for the editor had laid his strong hand on her shoulder. She sat dumb under the pressure, wondering what came next, or if he knew how he was leaning on her, physically as well as mentally, just now. Perhaps he laid a heavier burden on her then than he knew, or perhaps he overestimated the self-reliance which in her always amused him. It was a typical instance of this that he had come into the smaller office one day at the beginning of her tenancy, to find her energetically moving the ink-stained table to the further side of the room. "'Couldn't you ring the bell, Miss Burke?' he remarked dryly. "'The office boy could do that for you.' "'But I wanted it in a better light,' Magda protested and I can't be waiting half the morning for the office boy. It takes time to ring bells and have them answered, and I am accustomed to do things for myself, so it seems. There are plenty of people to do them for you here, however. 
he put her very gently but irresistibly on one side and rolled the table into the position she wished magda noticed vaguely how strongly his sinewy hands gripped the heavy piece of furniture and how fastidiously kept they were the blood rose to her face with her quick habit of blushing and she laughed a little impatiently it is much worse to make the editor do it than to do it myself it seems to me she said if it is beneath my dignity it is positively sacrilegious for you not to assist a lady he returned composedly if you want any of this sort of work done you will ask me to help you please if you don't care to wait for the office boy but you will not do it yourself had it been any one else who asserted that you will not rather than asked will you magda's independence would have been up in arms in a minute she almost hated herself for the meekness of her own words as she said very well and the irrepressible feeling of satisfaction in being taken charge of in this way the remainder of the staff found her rather belligerent than otherwise for she was quick to take offence just as she was generous to forgive the little jars and disagreeable incidents of office life were serious trials to magda she took the ill-nature caused by jealousy as personal dislike and under any less broadly masculine control than that of the man with whom fate had placed her she might have made more enemies than friends he played upon the finely strung overwrought temperament with as masterful a touch as a musician does upon a violin controlling and guiding and exercising an authority against which she would have chafed elsewhere and the secret was the old eternal secret of masculine and feminine nature completing and complementing each their opposite however thin-skinned magda proved to other men and women in the journalistic world to her editor she was always the same and always ready to hear reason just as his mere presence drew up her vitality so that though she might have been looking dispirited before his appearance changed her eyes from grey to the bluer tint and seemed to flood the colour back into her whole nervous body so his mind demanded and obtained the best in hers in his memory she was always and remained a pretty woman there was no doubt that magda's work improved rapidly at this period partly from the stimulus of desiring the editor's approbation for a woman however much she loves her art will always accomplish most before an audience of one it was a happy time though not altogether a peaceful one long years after when magda was herself editing a flourishing sixpenny of which she was part proprietor she looked back to her novitiate with a little sigh and thought that all the success could not quite equal the glow and glory of her first staff appointment she forgot the strain and the anxiety and the physical disadvantages which handicapped her youth perhaps the heaviest drawback with which she had to contend was neuralgia for she was constantly racked with it and there were times when she did her work with one hand pressed against her temples while the other held the pen it was a purely natural outcome of the overstrain of her life the ill-feeding the anxiety the earnest desire to prove herself capable in her present position and it is her best testimonial that it did not drive her to drugs 
that panacea of the working woman when life becomes too unbearable and which is a short cut to the end of it magda was bearing pain about four days in the week like a little heroine working side by side with men whose superior physique could not conceive of the effect of the strain upon hers and by contrast with whom she was once more proved the weaker vessel we are learning sense and justice now and training our girl-children as carefully as schoolboys to fit them at least to endure hardship in a few generations we shall produce women with as sound a constitution as men's and civilization will so far have mitigated the conditions of city life that they will not drop off like flies under forty but nous autres represent the locusts whose dead bodies were swept down the river until the mass of them formed a bridge whereby those following might pass over it sounds a high-flown assertion to say that magda's body was tortured in order that fifty years hence women may earn their right to exist under advantageous circumstances but many locusts went to the forming of the bridge and each unit helped the whole neuralgia was the medium through which she recalled the crises of her existence for it generally formed a factor in all the important scenes of her life she remembered it inevitably like a red thread running through the tissue of gold and grey and marking the pattern so there came a point in her connection with the editor which to look back upon seemed to her a delirium of pain both physical and mental everything went wrong that day they had been making up for the spring number and the advertisement manager had demanded more space and that meant cutting down matter already accepted magda pressed her fingers into her temples to hold the red-hot nerve which threatened to swell the veins to bursting and flung herself upon the proof the usual features must stay they meant the popularity of the paper had any one ever cut out the serial in a spring number she wondered her dazed blue eyes following the hopelessly fat columns and the half-tone process blocks that would not bear reducing further she was practically doing editorial work just now and looking forward to a rise in salary if she successfully managed the smaller paper without much help from her harassed chief at present she drew two pounds a week and thought herself lucky but the editor told her honestly that he was only letting his firm pay her starvation wages until he could arrange something better and get her an accepted position in the office on anything over a hundred a year i can save said magda doing outside work in her evenings and slaving all day her work certainly did not suffer in itself but her health did and her head was particularly bad that morning then the sub-editor of the larger paper came into the room with his hat on and said good morning miss burke without taking it off men soon lose the niceties of their manners to women in an office magda should by this time have grown used to being treated like any other clerk she should perhaps have been grateful for the good morning but she found it hard to forget her womanhood and remember that she ranked a little lower than the printers in importance good morning mr hope 
she said the more courteously for his covered head her own politeness always became punctilious on these occasions can i do anything for you the sub-editor had come to grumble not to ask assistance he was worried and his first instinct was to shift the burden on to the weaker pair of shoulders belonging to the girl before him he did not pause to think of the white face or the strained eyes turned anxiously to the page-proof he claimed as a matter of course the sympathy which magda had been giving to the more selfish natures all round her since she came into the office seen the chief this morning he said abruptly no magda's nerves braced themselves with a momentary interest the editor's name never struck on her ears quite as dully as other men's it was like a coloured thing in a drab world there's been a holy row said the sub sitting on the edge of the ink-stained table and thrusting his hands into his pockets the proprietor was down yesterday and made his ignorance of advertisements blissfully apparent he wanted to know why this was done and why that was done and to alter the lines of the whole paper but exclaimed magda bewildered the paper is going splendidly every one says that the editor has doubled the circulation and worked up the advertisement department so that it pays three times what it used i know said the sub impatiently but that's just journalism you get a good man who knows the ropes and makes the paper pay and then the fool of a proprietor wants to have a finger in the pie and assert his authority that's the real secret miss burke the old ass couldn't stand the editor having so much power in his hands i won't say the chief doesn't boss it a bit over every one magda recognized a grievance here but apart from his manner he's a rattling good man for the place they'll never get such another magda's heart seemed to throb steadily for an instant or so like the pendulum of a clock then it surely stopped dead the meaning of the sub-editor's coming into her room to tell her of the fracas dawned on her as if it danced before her in red letters has the editor resigned she said sharply in the clutch of her physical and mental pain hush don't speak so loud nothing is officially settled yet yes he's pretty safe to leave and we go after him said the sub gloomily it doesn't matter for him he's one of the best men in london and he's had three better offers than this show since he's been here he won't go begging it's the rest of the whole damned staff who will suffer you and i amongst them he added brutally perhaps he did not realize what this meant to the girl before him whose lips were so steady and whose pretty hand holding the blue pencil was so untremulous he thought afterwards that miss burke took it very well for it was serious for her poor girl but in his mind's eye magda saw once more the blank weary streets the doors closed against her efforts the old sickening round of anxious tramping while the pence pile grew lower and lower and one calculated anxiously that bread and a penny packet of desiccated soup was all that must be afforded to-day it seemed worse now than it had been before she felt the security of the office round her perhaps the relief of settled and congenial work had unnerved her 
perhaps she had learned to depend too much on the masculine strength and assistance which seemed to be leaving her life as suddenly as it had come into it it was a sorry day for one of nous autres when she begins to trust to any aid save the self-reliance with which her god has specially endowed her but said magda in a low bewildered tone i do not quite see why there should be a clean sweep of us all of course the editor is free to resign if the proprietor does not leave him enough authority or questions his work but surely we have done nothing to be turned off why it is as bad as sending a servant away without a character oh well you see the old fool magda began to recognize the esteemed head of her firm under this title will have back the last editor for certain they were always pals because he was a man who grovelled to those in authority and he was only turned out because he was making such a hash of the whole thing they will have to have a real advertisement manager i expect you know ours only works under the chief's direction and leave him to mess up the letterpress i don't see why you or i should go even if he does come back isn't he a friend of yours the sub gave her a quick queer look magda's eyes were grey with tire and her face was dispirited and colourless but she looked a young slight figure little more than a girl in appearance no he said curtly he was no friend of mine and he will not be of yours if you knew him he will have the woman back who was here before you too to take her old place again as surely as he comes into the office the married woman who was always late with her copy and wrote slovenly english surely i am better at the work than she was so you are ten thousand times but that won't save your dismissal he laughed shortly but why magda stared with all her strained face it was obvious that she saw no reason in an acknowledged change for the worse between her and her predecessor she was blankly incredulous the sub-editor got off the table and turned away to light a cigarette miss burke he said and there was if anything a shade more respect in his tone that woman will turn you out and take your place because she is a friend of the last editor she will give what you would not dream of giving are you woman of the world enough to understand me the desperate hope of justice and of keeping her position because she merited it faded slowly out on magda's mental horizon she saw it vanish like the rainbow of hope and the bitterness of her own struggle to live decently and work honestly tasted like poison on her tongue she could not misunderstand for years of making her own living had taught her to see this poor ugly world of humanity very plainly but she belonged to nusotra women who walk with clean feet through the streets of experience or if they touch pitch feel their defilement as a brand upon them and so such an outline of knowledge had not seemed to affect her personally now it appeared necessary to take it into calculation and for the minute she could not speak because she had lost faith in the purpose of her existence and saw only her own sex up for hire and apparently her single marketable possession even god's providence seeming estranged yes she said at last quietly i am woman of the world enough to understand you 
I see that I shall go. She took up the blue pencil again and began to make rough notes for the printers. The sub-editor went out of the room, back to his own paper, and a great silence seemed to fill the outer offices, the silence that is full of the familiar sounds of one's life. The open windows let in the far-off hum of the strand, and the sound of passers-by in Norfolk Street, a door banged in another department of the newspaper office and the lift-bell rang. Magda went on mechanically with her work, as if no moral eruption had taken place in her life. She felt as if she were numb, and working purely by habit, and was dully surprised to find that her capacities did not fail her at all. A process block was smudgy, and she noted the fact to the head printer, asking him to tell the machinists to see that it was properly washed. It was only when it came to lunch-time, and she went out as usual, that she found she could not eat, and gave up the effort, finding that food choked her. She did not see the editor all day, and thought that he was not in the office, until suddenly at four o'clock she heard his rap on the door, and raised her head languidly to say, Come in. He came in with a cup of tea in his hand, and set it down beside her, with one of his straight looks into her self-betraying face. "'Has Hope been in here talking to you, Miss Burke?' he said quietly. "'Yes, earlier in the day,' she answered with sudden difficulty. "'Then before we say a word more, I should like to reassure your mind on one point. I do not intend you to stay here if I leave. For one thing, your work is too good for the position you hold, and your present salary.' and I only intended it as a temporary help to you. For another, there are other reasons. He shut his lips and looked out of the open windows at the roofs opposite, while Magda's face flamed. It is all right, he said after a minute, in his kindest tones. I have, I think, found you a better berth on another paper, or if that won't do, I will look for something else. There is plenty of time before us, and we neither of us leave for another three months, according to contract. Anyhow, you may be sure that you shall have my help, and I am not boasting when I say that you need not worry about your immediate future. Of course, whether you go up or down the ladder depends on yourself mainly, but I mean to give you a start. You needn't thank me, he added, glancing away from the quick tears in the blue eyes. You have thoroughly deserved it. There was a minute's silence. Magda put her hand out vaguely to the tea and gulped it down, fighting for her self-control. The partial removal of the strain shook her as the ill tidings earlier in the day had not succeeded in doing, and showed her how terrible the outlook had been from the relief which followed. But it showed her something else, too, the personality of the man before her grafted on her life, and the ascendancy he had gained, revealed by the blank dismay of realizing that that, at least, she must lose. I suppose, she said, trying to smile, that I shall not be lucky enough to work under you again. No, I think not, he returned, still kindly, however. I wish I could arrange it, but what I mean to do will not allow of your being with me. I see. I am very grateful to you anyhow for for your kindness and for thinking of me the bravery of her tone passed him by but he felt the pathos of her drawn face 
and softened still more than was usual with him you look as if you were worn out with anxiety and the spring number it was too bad of hope to come in and burst this on you when we are already working you to death i wish i had been able to come and reassure you earlier in the day but i did not know you had had an account of yesterday's affair until half an hour ago did you have any lunch child not much said magda briefly she was beginning to wish that the strain would relax for she felt that a very little more would show her the breaking point of her endurance you had better smoke a cigarette he said in his authoritative manner and when you have rested a little go out and get something to eat don't wait for that late supper of yours how do you know that i have a late supper said magda with a strained smile as she mechanically added the inscript at the foot of a paragraph lady z and her children in their charming home life with an ironical remembrance that she knew actually nothing about lady z except a private rumour that she had come perilously near the divorce court last year i know more about you than you think said the editor in an inscrutable tone for a minute he lingered almost as if seized with an unprecedented impulse he looked at the young brown head leaning on the characteristic hand and the soft hair falling round magda's disheartened blue eyes but the girl was fighting too desperate a battle to heed him she wished he would go that was all she was tired of the struggle and utterly weary of the relentless emotions to which she seemed to have no right life was too vindictive for her just then it had no aspect that did not show the face of a foe and she would have been glad to throw up the contest why doesn't he go what is the use of overtaxing me like this she thought fretfully it is nothing to him he comes out of it all with credit it must be nothing to me either to-morrow unfortunately it is with to-day that we have to wrestle and the morrow to which we entrust our promises is no healer of the present pain by and by the door shut and that was all the intimation that magda had of something passing out of her life and yet she felt it go and felt too that the time that must pass before the actual dissolution of their daily association held nothing like this if there had been anything more to do or to say it would have sprung to life in the stress of the moment which showed them the dividing line it was plain that there was nothing more she went on working for a time disregarding his advice to go out and get something to eat then when the boy came for the sheets and she handed them out with a long sigh of relief she lit a cigarette and began to smoke the office was very quiet now almost all the staff had left but she had the key of her own room and had sometimes been there until eight or nine o'clock when there was a pressure of work she smoked quite quietly enjoying it and wondering at her own deliberation as if she were somehow outside herself a new consciousness that watched her physical and mental body at last she laid the little burnt end down on the pen tray and rising walked over to the window and looked out it is always sunday in norfolk street after six o'clock the business of the day seems to have been folded up and locked in with the offices 
and the feet of passers-by become startlingly distinct the strand roared softly still but it was the roar of recreation pleasure-seekers going to dinner or the theatre after business magda looked down idly feeling the enervating spring air lift the hair lightly from her forehead as if it rejoiced in her womanhood it was like a caress and it made her shiver there were to be none such things in her life the gentle side of existence was a snare laid for weary feet if one longed for it or turned one's eyes for a minute from the goal of hard work the punishment was out of all proportion to the transgression i have been a fool she told herself in her hard young condemnation there is nothing for me but the things i earn for myself success by sheer hard labour and the money comforts that success brings i have always stood by myself i always shall back on her sensitive memory flashed the sly degrees by which she had come to confide too much in another's strength she saw each successive step and the growing compliance of her feminine attitude to that of the man where was her independence now it had come to this that she did not want to depend on herself she would gladly have yielded to the authority of one man whose decision had usurped her own a panic seized her a fear that she was going to have to suffer pain which she might call by no definite name i am tired it is just that i am tired of responsibility to-night she said breathlessly it is only for the moment she kept on repeating it over and over in a whisper as if to soothe herself it is only for the moment to-morrow up above the roof-lines an indifferent heaven hung beyond the appeal of outstretched hands down below in norfolk street the ghostly sound of unseen feet passed by going homeward between the two the girl without a home stood and looked at life it was not encouraging End of chapter two